Hello and thanks for tuning in. Uh, I just wanted to let you know and apologise that there's a few audio issues in this uh, episode. Uh, I got a new mic, it seemed fine with the episode with uh, Sam Bassford and this time I had some issues with, with Rob. So I've tried to smooth it out as much as possible in editing but there are still a few issues there but hopefully that will be resolved for the next episode. So uh, without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Pickleball Addiction Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your, your busy schedule. I know you, you've got a lot going on at the moment with, uh, well, with the MLP and the PPA and all the things that's been going on there, aside from just traveling and being on tour and, and well, I know you had some injuries as well to deal with. So yeah, again, you know, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, lots so, going on. Obviously, uh, lots going on in the pro pickleball world. So, um, but always happy to always happy to chat. And glad we met at the English Open. And and always like I think there's so much opportunity in in England and the UK to to do podcasts and do newsletters like you're doing. And so, big props. Yeah. No. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it was great meeting you at the uh, at the Open. Yeah. So we um i think i shared it already on the podcast but we uh, we had there was a player pro um part in the english open so i played with megan uh, and you played with another novice um um and uh, yeah we played against each other then that was really good fun uh, was, i i've been telling people one part of the story about like when we were playing each other because i, I enjoyed it so much which sounds weird when i say yeah. it's but there was one point in the end we were, you were just thinking back and forth i think it might have been between you and megan and uh he did a speed up right in front of me and hit me right in the middle of the right right in the chest. <laughs> That's like your trademark your trademark shot. But I wasn't ready for it because you, yeah. you made it look like you were going back across court, and I didn't even know about it before it hit me. It hit me, and I was like, "That was that was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> but then you didn't do yeah, it. Again, always... I think you felt bad. So <laughs> <laughs> one was enough. Yeah, one was enough. No, it's all it, it is. It is funny because it's. Um... You know, a lot of people that see, especially going over to England, it's like everybody, you're able to see a lot of the pro matches on YouTube and, and stuff like that. But it just, it doesn't always translate so well um, watching it on YouTube versus just seeing it in person. And not only seeing it in person, but actually playing playing against it and seeing the and seeing the balls that are coming and the disguise and how precise everything is. So... Yeah, I always I always try to urge people to go out and see see pro pickleball whenever you can, especially if you have the opportunity to see it in person. Which hopefully, you know, as as the coming years uh, come, that there's more opportunities in the UK. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, absolutely. It was fantastic. I, mean, I stayed till late on Sunday watching all of the all of the matches because it's just so exciting to watch in person um, on the championship courts. Yeah. The speed. You just can't get on television, really. Um, yeah. But I think the big thing I noticed is, um, you know, when play, when seeing you guys play in person, was just how much you move people around the kitchen compared to like what I see mm. being played in the UK. It's like, like I when playing playing against you uh, on the other side of the net from you. I think I have more chances of an ATP than I have in the, in, the whole, in in a year. You know, because you because you push the ball so yeah. far out. You know, it just doesn't happen 
that often where you get that opportunity. Yeah. But just in that yeah. couple, of, couple of games that we had, um, there was lots of opportunities for trying to pull off an ATP. So. But yeah, I noticed that. Oh, for sure. Okay, so um, yeah, so you're based out in Florida right now. Obviously on the move quite a lot, is that right? Yeah, so in, in Ponte Vedra Beach, um, in between tournaments, which is kind of Jacksonville, close to the Georgia-Florida line, northeast Florida. So, yeah, here between tournaments, but honestly, you know, I think I looked at August. I was I was here for seven days out of the month, so not not super often, mostly on the road traveling to different tournaments and um, do corporate events, so doing those and, and uh, host a video series called Destination Pickle, which comes out next week, actually, which is super fun. Um, so doing a lot of those, so a lot, yeah, tons of travel, but I mean, man, super fun to be doing pickleball for a living. Hi, Mark Mars here. I hope you're enjoying the show. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Pickleball Addiction Store and newsletter. To support the show, please check out the Pickleball Addiction Store at pickleballaddiction.co, where we stock a wide range of paddles, balls, nets, and other accessories. You can also check out the Pickleball Addiction newsletter at pickleballaddiction.news where we cover the latest news in pickleball from the UK and around the world. Thanks for your support. And now back to the show. So, well, so yes, yeah, so you just come off the back of a, a tournament in New Jersey. We, you got gold, right, with uh, Andre. Um, so congratulations. Yep. So th- thank you. So APP is an APP tournament, the New Jersey Open uh, in Avalon, which was not very easy to get to, uh, but it was cool because we we often play at these, um, you know, kind of suburbs outside of major cities, and Avalon was like a really nice beach town on the Jersey Shore, so it was, it was cool to have a tournament kind of close to the beach and have like kind of a, it's almost like a little bit of a destination tournament, so it was a lot of fun, um, and yeah, always fun to play with Andre. And we've got a couple more coming up. So, yeah, I guess we might as well dig into this now. So, you've, you know, interested to know how you kind of, obviously, you've been work, you've been playing with Andre for quite a while, but you've been kind of mixing it up with in terms of the women's uh, partners and the doubles. Um, so, Megan, yeah. who was also at the Open, um, uh, the English Open, you've been doing a few tournaments with her, I know, recently. And just looking ahead, you've got Atlanta and you're playing with Vivian Grossman and head of that, after that, Dallas with Simone Jardine. So, yeah, what's uh, yeah. how do you how do you pick your partner and what and what's the, what's with the change of partners right now? Yeah, I mean, mix is mix is an interesting one. I mean, I think Andre and I and men's have really found our stride. And um, what I like about that partnership is we play very similar styles. Um, we like to we kind of like the long grindy points. Um, both of us are pretty consistent we're not going to make a ton of errors um and yeah so i I mean we we like to drop we like to come in and dink there's not a whole lot of driving and crashing and all that stuff so we like to we like to slow the game down um that's how we both naturally play instinctually play um and mix i think the challenge is trying to find a partner that that plays similar to you um and that's that's you know and you also want to find somebody that you're that you're going to get results with and that you mesh with and you know and and mix i think it just takes a little bit more experimentation to to try to to try to find that and that's 
that's been something that I really just, like. I've been playing a, I've been playing pro pickleball a few years now, but like really this year is kind of like it kind of hit me. It's like oh, like you really you really need to have a partner that plays the same style as you. Mm. Like that's something that I think gets gets overlooked a lot because uh, you might have a partner that likes to drive or likes to um, you know speed things up at you know from the midcourt which is becoming a more common tactic nowadays with the with the paddle with the paddle power and the spin you can get um so even though that's the case i still like to play slow and soft and and kind of get to the kitchen and find my disguise and my deception and play like that so it's just it's just a matter of finding partners that you mesh well in respect to playing styles and that's what i'm trying to figure out in mixed yeah awesome awesome no, I look forward to seeing how those pan out. It's, uh, they're exciting, yeah. exciting pairings for sure. So it would be good uh, to see how that works out. Yeah. Um, so just briefly, we can talk a little bit about like, uh, you know, you've, so you say you, in how long have you been play, playing pickleball, pickleball for now? So I first picked up a paddle at the end of 2019, played my first tournament 2020. And what? so three years now, I would say. Um, okay playing tournaments yeah so before that you had a career well you did you, you worked in business a little bit so yep. just be interesting to if you could share a little bit about what you did ahead of pickleball yeah so pickleball is kind of a natural transition um, not natural from you know talking about chronologically but natural in respect to i have a i had a relatively high level tennis background i played i played division one tennis in university over here and and then basically did a little coaching in tennis and then basically took like a, what was it? I would say probably like a t- 11, 12 year break from no, like no sports and just, yeah, worked in, worked in business, had a, had an advertising business, um, that I finished up in 2018. I left and sold half to my partner and then it was kind of like just looking for the next thing. And I uh, just experimented. It was just like, I want to have fun with what I'm working on. And so I, I started a podcast and traveled around the country um, interviewing different people. So did that for a year without really like any kind of plan on like, how's this podcast going to make money? It was just like, yeah, I just want to go talk to interesting people, see what, see if it turns into something. And then like it just ran its course. And I was glad I did it. Met some great people, had some interesting conversations, learned a lot. Um, and then... One of the guys I knew through podcasts and business was a guy named Adam Franklin, who family, you know, started Franklin Sports, um, you know, shoot, probably 50 plus years ago. And Adam, Adam is the, the CEO now and runs the company and is a friend. And he was just like, hey, all the top players we're sponsoring are former are pretty much former high level tennis players. And he knew I played college tennis so he was like you know i'll send you a paddle see how it goes and um yeah so he kind of he kind of got me into it and then um yeah have been playing ever since and fell in love got addicted and and here we are all right yeah i didn't know that so okay that's interesting yeah it was adam yeah that um kind of got you into that um in terms of like when 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 did you decide to become pro like how how did you know like yeah now i'm gonna kind of make this like my I'm going to spend more time doing this. This is going to, I'm going to take this seriously. Like at what point did you kind of come to that decision and what was the turning point? 
Yeah, it was it was the day I first hit a pickleball. I um, <laughs> I literally I was living in Austin, Texas at the time, and had got the paddle, and I googled, you know, pickleball lesson Austin. Found this guy named Calvin Keeney. Went and did a went and did an hour lesson. And then looked up some YouTube videos. I like to see like what the pros like how how good the pros were. And it, for me, it was like a it's kind of a perfect mix of of tennis, um, my tennis ability because I loved I like to serve and volley in tennis. I like to volley a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, I wasn't just like a baseline grinder that just wanted to hit ground strokes. So I was kind of crafty, um, and I knew that would translate. And I feel like I have fast hands. I knew that would translate pretty well to pickleball. So. I'm a big kind of like all or nothing, big project document, <laughs> yeah. publicly announced type thing. So that day that I first took that lesson, I literally went home and was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go pro in a year. I'm going to see how good I can get over the next 12 months. I'm going to document the journey. And so like if you go to my Instagram, my very first video is a much chubbier version of myself saying, hey, I'm going to go pro in a year. And this is where I'm going to document it. And yeah, and I was able to, I was able to do it. And I looked at going pro, like, cause you know, it's gotten, it's gotten more difficult certainly to, to go pro. Like now you have qualifiers and you have to like get points. And I looked at going pro as like, you're earning money playing pickleball. Like you're not just going to sign up at pro events, you're earning money. So I was able to do that within a year, which was kind of the goal and then just yeah, just kept at it, and the sports continued to grow, and and here we are set up, you know, set up pretty well with um with where the sport's gone. Yeah, I mean, how much of an advantage do you think is having a a tennis background versus kind of you know, well, I mean, I guess versus I guess first versus like something badminton or squash or something else that's a racket sport, or just having no racket sport experience. Like, is is that big? Do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it is big. It definitely it definitely shortens the the learning curve. I think um, just with a lot of things, with like court awareness and, and anticipation and stuff like that. Obviously, strokes and stuff. Um, there's often times where tennis is actually a detriment to to pickleball. Maybe your strokes are a little longer. Uh, you try to drive more than you should play finesse. Stuff like that. But it definitely, I, I you know, I think I'd be crazy to say that it doesn't help. Um, but you also see that it's not, it's not required. Like there's, there's many pros that don't come from a tennis background, come from a hockey background or a baseball background. And you can definitely, you can definitely get to the top levels of the game, not having any tennis background. There's certain, certain players like Dylan Frazier, who's, you know, top five guy in the world who didn't play tennis, just started playing pickleball when he was like 10. So his racket sport background is, is pickleball. You know, like you just don't see that very much now because it's such a it's such a new sport relatively um, to to its growth. So I think it certainly helps, but it's not a requirement. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in terms of just like playing on tour then and traveling around and doing that, I mean, how do you? I mean, I guess some people to deal with the travel and that better than others, but like, how do you yeah. how do you like it? Do you like doing the traveling, or is it, is it, does it feel a bit? bunch of times for yourself even uh i I honestly love it i think it it, to me it's well i've always i've never wanted to kind of live like a traditional life where 
you have a nine to five, you go to the office, you come home. So to me, to like be able to travel, travel around, go to airports, hop on airplanes, go to different cities, meet different people and play a sport. It's literally like, it's literally like a dream come true. Like it's, you know, we're not making money like, like the top tennis players are like the top golfers, but at the same time to be able to make a living and travel around and, and go to different cities and see new places and have new experiences while playing a sport and hitting a wiffle ball. Never thought it would be possible if you asked me three, four years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Even then. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, there's, you know, with, with, uh, the sport growing sponsorships now coming into the sport, which kind of helps facilitate that. Right. Yep. It's not just about tournament earnings and things like that now. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a good transition into what's happening now with like the, you know, MLP and PPA, the merger and both both organizations prior to the merger signing a bunch of players and basically signing them for guaranteed three-year contracts, which is something like that's been unheard of for us players is is guaranteed money outside of, you know, some appearance fees here and there, which which is fine money, but it's certainly not the money that you know people are getting signed for now so to just to be able to have guaranteed three-year contracts is going to allow people to not have you know second jobs or full-time jobs or have to teach as much like you can actually have a little cushion to actually train and treat it like a full-time profession where you're practicing daily you're you're getting in the gym you're taking care of nutrition like all the stuff all the stuff that you know pro athletes and other leagues and organizations do we'll be able to do because we can kind of have some breathing room in terms of income. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, honestly, it's probably, it's probably overly inflated. Um, it's, you know, from a business perspective, I think viewership. So uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know what they're doing, but <laughs> As players, as players, you know, if it's a guaranteed contract, we'll take it on them to figure out how to make money from it. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see the path yet, but you know, there's, there's people with a lot more money that are a lot smarter than me trying to, trying to make it happen. So, you know, I'll count on that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, like you say, these guys that they're successful people in their own Ryan business, they've. Uh, you know, all the owners of the uh, MLP as well, you know, they're all business people. Well, oh, some of them are at least have, has, have a good business background. So I guess, you know, and some of them are well off enough, I guess, as well, to be able to take a punt on it and saying, you know, this, this looks like it's got potential. We'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, but I mean, I think they're not doing it right. They're, they're not doing it now to like, they want to be, they want to be making money in 2023, like from what they're doing now. It's not, that's not, that's not the view, is it? It's uh no, no, that. no, so, no. It is, um, yep. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll come on to, yeah, I've got, like, yeah, really interesting to talk to you a little bit more about that from like a, ins- very much an insider's perspective on like all that's been going on there. Yep. Um, but, um, uh, just a, yeah, a couple more things, like uh, in terms of um, the travel and being on tour then, you know, what, what is it like actually with, with, with the other pros? Do most people keep themselves themselves? Do you have a group group of friends or... You know, you're out partying at the end of the tournament and, uh, and uh, you know, yeah. group because it's quite a small community, really, right? It's quite a small world. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. It's a small community. 
Um, especially, I mean, we have, we've had some competing organizations, right? You have the PPA, you have the APP, two different tours, uh, really two different sets of players. Like I'll play some PPAs here and there, but it's not, it's certainly not the, the tournaments I'm playing all the time. I play mostly APPs. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if I go to an APP, you see pretty much the same players there that are at every tournament with a handful of, of newcomers that are local maybe and that kind of thing. Uh, but I would say mostly everybody's, everybody's very friendly. Um, it's, it's a good community. There's no like, I mean, not that I can think of, like really animosity between players where like, oh, I'm going to avoid that person, not talk to that person. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like you've, you've, you, fight, you fight hard on court and then, you know, you leave it there. Like yeah. off court, off court, whatever, you know, friends. Um, I, you know, we're all, we're all at different stages of life too, right? Like I'm, I'm 38 and I'm not, I'm not looking to necessarily go out and drink and party with, with other players, that kind of thing. But I mean, there's certainly players that go out and go out and have drinks and hang out. Like, you know, my kind of thing after a tournament's like, I want to go have a nice have a nice dinner, have a glass of wine and, and call it a night and go to bed. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it, it's really cool. Like a lot of, a lot of towns we go to, you know, we have host families that let, that we stay with and you get to meet them and you, you know, at the end, like you're staying for free. So at the end you take them out to dinner and, um, yeah, it's, it's very social, very, very community oriented and, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, everybody's nice and pleasant, and you know, we all want to be each other's brains out on the court, but we're all we're all fine off the court. You know, obviously, some people are closer friends than others, but uh, generally speaking, like, I, there's nobody I wouldn't talk to, you know, at an APP tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you say that off the back of um, Tyson and Tyler's kind of exchange, uh, which was pretty funny over the yeah. weekend. But I don't know if you listened to, to Tyler's yeah. latest podcast, uh, just. A couple of days ago but they didn't hold any punches for sure <laughs> what'd they say about what'd they say about that exchange um so remind uh, let me have a think so they said um that <laughs> there's quite a lot of swear words i think um oh shit, what was it what was it that um, well i know tyson i know tyson gave him the bird and was and was upset that i think they mentioned his wife mm-hmm. on the podcast yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a lot of that. I mean, you'd have to go and watch it, but there's a yeah. They, they don't hold any punches back for for sure. So yeah, I don't think it's getting yeah. any friendlier. But um, but uh, yeah, those those yeah. But it's good. I, I like to see that passion. Everybody wants to see those kind of rivalries, right? In sport and um, and I like all the, I like all those guys. I like I like Tyson. I think Tyson's a great dude. I like Tyler. Um, yeah, I think Jemmy's been great in terms of in terms of kind of unfiltering a lot of the things that, you know, people are scared to say. So I don't know. I like them all. And, you know, but you're right. It's like, it's, it's fun to see that, you know, and that's, uh, I think that's what the sport needs is more personality and, and man, dude, like Tyson, love him or hate him. Like he's, he's built the best brand in the sport easily, easily, not even close. Okay. Last, last thing on this thing. So like, uh, what is what do you think it is that sets people apart from you know actually kind of being 
kind of plateauing at like that 5.0 level or, or actually kind of being able to get to that, that pro pro level? Yeah, honestly, I think I think most I think most anybody with good hand-eye coordination can get to the 5.0 level based on based on drilling, based on practicing, based on reps. I think what separates players that plateau is certainly there might be some limitations in their and their natural ability, but I think most most of the time it's that they are not playing with players that are better than them. I think that to me that's like the biggest hack in terms of improving the fastest is playing with players above your level. And I know some people disagree with that. I've heard some people disagree with that, but it's it's what worked for me. Like I got I got good fast because I sought out players that were better than me and I was always in groups where I was the worst player and it it's it's brutal for a competitive person because you get so tired of losing. But you have to understand that even though you're losing, anytime you're losing, you're getting better as long as you're taking the lessons from it. Yeah, for sure. I think that applies not just in pickleball. I think at least what I totally agree. Agreed. I play with better people because um, they're going to push you to, you know, if you're not getting pushed because you're playing people that are not as good as, or not as, good as you, then you're never going to get yep. to, to have to play some of those shots that, that, that a, more, a better player will actually put you through. So you're, you're not going to be able to have the practice. Yeah. So yeah, I think for any for, for any sport, I think yeah, I, I mean I can't understand why you wouldn't think that that's going to make you better. Like it's it's got it's got to be really. Okay, so on to the uh, MLP uh, PPA. Like I, I I I until yesterday I had a bunch of questions for you on like what it means for you something yep. for the MLP and. You know, are you going to be able to play APP and all of those kind of things? But it's kind of all changed again now. So as of yesterday, the merger is back on, at least for now, it would seem. Yep. Um, how do you how do you feel about that? Like, uh, per, from a personal perspective, like obviously that's it's, it, it was all a bit of a, a shock and a rush a couple of weeks ago when you, the the merger was no longer on and you you started to sign the contract and now it's back on. Like, that's a bit of a roller coaster. Like, yeah. How, how are you feeling about that personally? Uh, personally, you know, as long as my contract's honored, I'm, I'm fine. But generally speaking, you know, I, I, I believe pickleball pro pickleball is better suited for viewership, for, um, for playing for everything as a team-based sport. I don't think we need to model tennis. I think, I think we've, I think it's proved itself already that, the the storylines and content from having teams and kind of the ex- excitement of MLP and the past events has easily been better than like watching a random PPA tournament where you have the exact same people playing the exact same people with the exact same result week in and week out. It's boring. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. So, um, so I, I was bummed because I don't like, I think it's going to be 50% tournaments, 50% MLP events, uh, team-based events I'd rather it be like, I think there's a place for tournaments. I just think um, it should be like four or five a year where you have like these big major tournaments where, you know, individual players can go prove themselves with their partners. But I think it's way more fun to have the team stuff. So bummed that, um, you know, the tournament style is still involved and still in play. I was excited to, I was excited for just MLP, but, you know, is what it is. They're, uh, you know, they're paying us good money to hit a wiffle ball. 
So I will I will do what I need to do to to do that. Yeah, I mean it'll still be it'll it'll still be fun, right? <laughs> You're still playing pickleball. At the end. It'll still be fun. It would yeah. There's there's a lot of other things I could be doing that would be way worse. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, um, you know, does it does it need to like replicate tennis? And but if, I mean, but if you think about it, tennis does have like team-based competitions. Like, so does golf, like the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And I can't remember what the, yeah. the tennis equivalent is called. Um, yeah, Davis Cup. Yep. The Davis Cup, right? But that's just like a one-off once a year, and and you get more yeah. hype and more fun and like more rowdier crowds, just like you're seeing in an MLP than you do. Yet they don't. They're not look. They, you know, they're not really looking to change to become that format. So, like, I think it'd be interesting to see that 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 the MLP are taking that format first. <laughs> or, 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 well, it's it's, it's going to be different now because it's going to be fifty fifty, like you say. But it's going to be yeah. interesting having more of a balance in that because I'm, I do wonder whether other sports actually could take more of a leaf out of that book and say, why why don't tennis do more of that, uh, for example? Yeah. 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 It's. Uh... Uh... I don't know. Well, I, it's it's all that's success. Probably going to change. Sports. It's all probably going to change anyway. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> probably, but me, being, I guess as well. What I'm saying is like golf and tennis have done okay do, doing yep. uh, a standard tour format. Um, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So you're going to be more. You'll be you're going to be back on the PPA tour a little bit more then going forward. Um, it's. To be determined, uh, honestly, because the contract I signed was with MLP, and the contract doesn't mention the PPA Tour, right? So it's like, are all these contracts going to be renegotiated? Are they all going to be different terms? I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that I signed to play MLP, and it doesn't say anything about PPA tournaments. Okay. Interesting. So what does that mean for APP as well? I mean, is that, is that up in the air as well, about playing those going forward? It's a... It's a it's a pretty big blow uh, to the APP in my opinion, um, but it's all going to kind of depend on what the terms are with the PPA MLP merger on whether or not players are going to be able, be able to play APP. Because if not, like you're gonna you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to fill their tournaments with unsigned players that don't have a commitment to either PPA or MLP. Um, so it could turn into that developmental tour. Um, could just crush the amateur tournaments, could become like more of a senior, a senior tour. Um, I don't think they want any of that. I think they're going to go forward with their pro schedule that they've already announced for next year. Uh, they've got a lot of, a lot of great events planned. Um, and I, I hope to, you know, APP has been great to me. They've been, you know, it's why I've played that tour this year. They've been, you know, they, I think they put on great events. They treat the players really well. And I hope to continue to support the APP uh, through next year for sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so next year, uh, or at least the remainder of this year, um, you're going to be playing with this little shock. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I was quite shocked that you didn't get uh, get picked in, in, in a premier for a premier team. Um, but, yep. you know, so the St. Louis shock got a good deal uh, out of that, I think. Um but yeah, yeah, you were, you were first pick, right, for for that team. Yeah. Does that make does that make you the team captain? So, did you get any input on the other players that got picked into that team? Yeah. So, you know, the so Brandon Taylor Hubschman are kind of the coaches. So they called me, let me know I got picked. 
this is kind of the draft process as the draft's happening. So they, they called me, let me know I was their first pick. And then we kind of talked, we kind of talked, we stayed on the line kind of throughout the draft talking about like what picks are available, what options there are. Um, they had a pretty set, they had a pretty set idea of like who they wanted to go after. And, you know, they're, they're the coaches and the GMs and, you know, I, I offered input, you know, uh, but ultimately it's, it's, it's their team, their choices, but yeah, definitely had input and excited for our team. It's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah, obviously a little disappointed. I didn't go premier. I felt like, I felt like I, sh- I should have, or definitely, you know, could have, but obviously a lot of stuff out of, out of my control that I, you know, it's not necessarily based on merit. It's based on a lot of, a lot of things based on, um, you know, relationships and politics. And there's, there's, there's tons of factors there where it's not like, this is your ranking. This is where you go. Right. So, um, can't really control that. I can control, you know, showing up for the shock and playing my best and being a good teammate. And, um, in terms of like captain, uh, it's not just because I was like, it was kind of decided that I would kind of be the captain. Uh, but it's not necessarily like the first pick is the captain of the team or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, we're going down to Delray beach on Monday for two days of team practice before going up to Atlanta next week for the actual first event. So excited to get the team together and get some reps in and, you know, it's a unique aspect of this is you're playing with you're playing with teammates that you typically have never played with. Like I've ne- I, Martin Emmerich is our other guy. I've never played with Martin, but respect his game a ton. He's a lefty, so I think I think we're gonna gel really well together. We've got Judith Castillo, who has made a name for herself in singles for sure, and is certainly improving at doubles. And then Jeannie Arakina, who I played. Um, I played her in Philadelphia, I believe it was, and was very impressed with her game. She's she's improved a lot and gotten really solid. So, uh, yeah, excited excited for the event. It's uh, it's a little weird, um, just with how every how in flux everything is. Because initially this year they were gonna do a like a promotion relegation system like the Premier League, yeah. and it sounds like that's off the table now and they're moving away from that. So. I guess for the ownership groups, um, this event matters a little less, I guess, in terms of results. So we'll see. We'll see what all that means. But again, all subject to change. Ah, so it, well, interesting. So even going forward off into 2024, there's not going to be a promotion relegation at the moment, at least. That's not what it seems like at the moment. Oh. They are moving to like a free agency model where there won't even be a draft. It'll be um, each team will have a an imaginary salary cap, uh, essentially, call it one point five million a year, and then you have to you have to basically create your team around that salary cap, with like call it first round picks being worth five hundred k or whatever it may be, second round picks being worth you know, and you have to you have to create a team based on, you know, based on that almost like fantasy sports in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's really disappointing because, like, you know, that is one thing I think sounds like you agreed. Like, in terms of soccer, that's what makes that's what makes the sport. That's what makes it exciting is that you 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 got a chance of going down a division next year, taking a salary. You know, yeah, players take a salary cut. Like, the, there's this there's so many there's so much riding on every game right to the end. 
And uh, I was yeah, because so even if you're at the bottom of the league, you don't want to. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think. I think. Ultimately, it'll still be. It should still be up for discussion. I just think there's so much in flux right now, and so much changing with the merger, that it would be really difficult to pull off promotion relegation right now. I mean, something like that I hadn't even really considered because I, I I do like quite a lot. I like NFL. I like baseball, so I watch some of those sports too. And um, something which just like rocked my world when I heard about. It. I think it was on a pickable podcast. And I can't remember who spoke about it, but it's like because there is no relegation issue or, or, or problem then it becomes a situation and maybe you, you can give an insight into how prevalent this is if it exists but what if you're down the bottom and you know you're not going to win or whatever people you know it's in the interest of the teams in a way to start throwing matches so they can get a higher draft pick for the following season so like yeah i mean but that man that just like it almost feels like you know when you first find out that wrestling isn't real, like you know, the, <laughs> the, these two people aren't like competing anymore because like one of them wants to throw yeah. the match. Like it just it's the totally. integrity of sport like disappears at that point. And hundred uh, um, percent. So yeah, I don't know. Is that is that a big problem? Do you think in 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 some some US sports or or, or not? Uh, yeah, I think I don't I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be yeah. a huge issue. I think, I think pickleball just needs to get through this merger. Needs to get everything sorted out for next year, mm-hmm. and then I think everything is honestly like it. It's like dog years, man. Every like three months feels like three years in pickleball. Things change so rapidly, <laughs> so it's so hard. It's so like a week ago, you would never have thought they'd merge. You know, they separated, yeah. and we're all going our own way. And now it's like. So, and this happened, this all happened last year too. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And I think it's going to continue to change to be honest. And, and I don't think this is going to be the last, the last two, there's going to be a newcomer probably at some point, which is trying to start their own, their own new pickleball league that will come in. It's just, it's going to continue to evolve and continue to change. So, uh, yeah, which is, it's, it's fun and exciting to watch, but, um, you just wonder how it's all going to shake out. Yeah. Well, this time next week, Rob, you'll you'll just be playing MLP again next year. So you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, okay. So um, yeah, what other what other teams do you think are, are strong in both the the, the Premier and the, the Challenger leagues this this year? Who are the ones to watch? You think? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's um, it's. It's the snake draft makes it so like it's crazy. Like you could look at the teams outside of like maybe one or two teams that had terrible drafts. Like the teams like are all pretty equal. Like the snake draft does a good job at like balancing out the league really well. I even say this like for the last events, it's like teams that didn't make out of like group play could also be teams that win the event. If you play that, if you simulate that whole thing again, so it, there's just so many variables with MLP with like rally scoring and and the freeze and it's easy to you know come back it's easy to create comebacks and it's uh it's just hard. like I, I couldn't imagine like betting with MLP like it would be so hard to 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 do a good job because you just never know what's going to happen and again that's it's 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 tough to manage as a player because the like you don't feel like the best teams always winning 
you could have a 20 to 14 lead and be like, okay, I, we worked our butt off to get to this point, but then, you know, you have, you know, the, you can, you can lose points just like that. Um, with the side off with the rally scoring and then it's 2018 all of a sudden, Oh, then you feel pressure and you know, it's, it's, it's really easy to blow leads and it's, you get, you get wild results. So, uh, it's exciting to watch, but can be tough to tough to play. But I think honestly, like it's, it's, it's always anybody's tournament. It's whoever executes best and plays best. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely exciting to watch. Yeah, for sure. Okay, anything else you want to mention about the, you know, what's going on with the MLP and that going forward or? Uh, I mean, no, it's, it's, we, you know, I think it's cool that we all signed, you know, contracts where we can do this full time. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see how the schedule shakes out and how everything shakes out. I mean, there's so much we don't know at this point. So um, yeah, curious to see how it all plays out through now to the end of the year no yeah well yeah congratulations on that like it's fantastic it's great for all the pros to be able to like you know, now not have to worry about that and just be able to focus on yeah it's fantastic yep so in terms of like um what, you, what sort of current partnerships what sort of things are you working on within pickleball at the moment like what partnerships do you have and you've got anything you can share them that's upcoming maybe yeah i mean i you know, Sel- Selkirk's a great supporter of everything I do in pickleball. So, I mean, obviously, they're my paddle sponsor. Um, they are a sponsor of um, of the It Feels Right podcast that I do with Adam Stone. Um, they, they're they basically creating a video series called Destination Pickle that I'm the host of, um, which, yeah, so I, I'm doing a lot in pickleball kind of across the board from podcasting to video series to obviously playing. Um, I'm involved with a company called 321, 321 Pickleball, which is uh, basically a corporate event business where we host pickleball events for businesses. And we do that, you know, all kind of throughout the country in different places. So, yeah, lots lots happening on my front. Um I enjoy I enjoy all the Selkirk stuff. I enjoy the playing, the content creation, having good conversations like this. Like this is stuff that doesn't feel like work that I could do all day. So um, yeah. yeah, have a lot of fun. Yeah, excellent. Um, in terms of um, what what are you most excited about over the next next yeah you know, twelve twenty four months? Obviously. The MLP stuff's got to shake out, but like, you know, what were you excited? Is any of the things yeah, on the horizon that you're thinking, yeah, this, this is going to be cool? Yeah, honestly, really excited on on playing, on playing the next, uh, you know, next year, getting getting better, improving. Um, there's, I feel like there's lots I can improve on. Uh, excited to be part of kind of the team format and, and more of like a full-time basis because the way it's been up until now or even up through the end of this year is you're on a team for a few events then you're off the team like it'll be really fun to be actually on a on a team more of like a permanent basis unless you get dropped or traded or whatever uh, because then you can actually yeah. you can actually help that organization grow you can go to that like if i was on the st louis shock next year i could go to st louis and do camps and clinics and and promote the merchandise and actually be more of like an integrated part of that organization. Whereas now it's like, you know, 
obviously you want to help the team you're on, but you're you're also like not going to be on this team in three months. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be really cool is, you know, I think MLP is looking to move towards more of like a, I don't know if this changes with the merger, but they were looking to do more of like, you know, each city, the St. Louis Shock, the Brooklyn Aces, everybody has their own home facility and you play, you play matches at their facility, which would be, I think would be really, really cool. And I hope that's what it goes to because then you have, then you're really building like, like geographically, like fan loyalty. You're, you know, you have, you can actually get like the St. Louis, St. Louis fans behind like players yeah. on our team. And like, it, it's just, I'm excited about that. Cause I think that's going to be really, really cool. Big time. I think that's another thing that, you know, a bit like Premier League football and stuff like, you know, that, that, that is, that's what brings people together. Um, yep. and, you know, comes out in support of things. I mean, a lot of people say that pickleball isn't fun. Isn't a good TV sport. Isn't fun to watch. I, I, I just totally disagree. <laughs> I love watching. I disagree too. I think I think once you know how to play and once you play once or twice, and you get it, like it's super fun to watch. Yeah, because it's partly a chess match. It's partly you know the exciting yeah the hands battles and stuff. It's it's a lot of strategy. In the storylines, the the rivalries. I want to see Tyson McGuffin play Tyler Lug again. Like you know, it has all that drama aspects too, which is like. That's that's some of the best part about sport. From knowing the player pool like you do, um, you know, are, there, are there any players that you see that are up and coming or ones to watch that we should look out for? Yeah, I mean, there's a uh, man. There's so many, and a lot of them come in. A lot of them come in through singles, get good at singles because that's kind of the natural, easiest thing to convert to from tennis, and then get good at um, then get good at pickle, but. Um, the PPA went on like a signing spree of a lot of ex-tennis players, a lot of high-level ex-tennis players. I mean, Jack Sock, we've all seen what he can do, um, winning winning mix with Anna Lee. Um, I believe that was at the North Carolina Open. So he, he, that's going to be super. That's going to be fun watching him next year, uh, seeing how good he gets, seeing how 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 serious he takes it too. And I think it's going to be pretty serious. He really loves the sport and and is wildly talented at, at tennis doubles, you know, having a gold medal from the Olympics and winning multiple yeah. uh, grand slams and doubles. So really fun to watch that. Um, they signed Donald Jung, who is an ex-ATP player, um, who's very crafty and has good hands. So I think seeing a lot of these ex-pro tennis players come in will be a lot of fun. Um, and then in terms of up-and-comers... Um, yeah, I think for me, that's the most exciting is seeing, cause that's always kind of the never ending debate is how, like, you know, once, once pro tennis players come in, these guys are going to be terrible. Like, you know, the current pro pickleball players are going to get, you know, they're going to get pushed out and we haven't seen that. Right. You know, Sam query yeah. was drafted number one in challenger and didn't get drafted this time. So it's not, a, it's not as, as simple of a transition as people think. Yeah. Obviously, Tyra Black has kind of burst onto the scene pretty recently. I, I was watching yep. one of the podcasts uh, that you were on uh, just in preparation for this. I don't know, it was around six months ago. And I think you were planning on playing a few matches with Tyra. Did that, did that ever happen? Or Yeah, we've always played terrible together, Tyra and I. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I th- I th- honestly, I think... She and Mixed anyways, Mixed is the toughest... Mixed is the toughest event for 
uh, women coming in to crack because it's it's pretty nuanced and um, you see a lot of like the newcomer women like uh, Vivian Glossman or Tyra Black and they're naturally very good on the left uh, playing the left side which and mixed unless you're playing with the lefty guy you're playing the right side so it's a little bit more uncomfortable I think over there for for some of the ladies you know just getting started and mixed but incredibly talented you know Vivian and Tyra coming in and and you know, I think their hands are so fast that they can, they and have such easy power that and women's they get results right away. And then mixed mixed tends to be, you know, a little a little slower development. But both are going to be incredible players. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think we can kind of uh, like wrap it up there. This, um, I mean, I think where where if people want to find you and find what you're up to, where's the best places for them to go visit? Yeah, I mean, Instagram, at Rob Nunnery, follow me and, you know, feel free to shoot me a message if you have any questions as a follow-up to follow up to this. Um, I have a newsletter that I have not posted recently, but I um, I plan on getting back to it, and you can go to robnunnery.com to sign up for that. But that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, excellent. Well, good luck. Uh, in Atlanta and Dallas, and good luck with the next uh, MLP match when that kind of kicks off with the, uh, with the shock. Um, I'll definitely be watching from the sidelines, uh, seeing how you go. But yeah, good luck with all that. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. And again, big props on on you know getting this podcast going, the newsletter. You, yeah, I know you are working a lot on different projects within pickleball. So excited to see how it all turns out, and happy to help any way I can. Great. Well, thanks, Rob. Uh, have a great rest of the day and we'll catch you catch you later. All right. Thanks, Mark.